I know what it's like to feel invisible. To think it's too late to become what you've always wanted to be. You feel like it's too late to have more life. I felt that way too, but when I lost my brother to cancer, he made me realize I have way more life to live. And I discovered the choice was mine to live it or not. I know you want to become confident and empowered, and you deserve to step into that life you are yearning for. I'm Carrie V, and I get it. There is more greatness to come in your life, and I know you can feel it. I've made a choice to live my big life. Now it is your turn to be empowered and step into the life that has always been yours. It's time for you to step off the sidelines and into your own life, the one you were created to live. It's easier than you think. I believe in you. In fact, I am your biggest fan. So let's get started. The year 2021 is upon us. Have you thought about your foundational pillars going into the new year? Instead of setting up a, an age-old, I'm going to lose weight this year, how about if we focused on a pillar? How about if we declared a pillar for the new year? And how about if we made that pillar gratitude? Being grateful for everything that is in your life now. Looking around you and practicing gratitude for what's already present Practicing gratitude can change your life. It will change your life. It will radically improve everything when you focus on what you're grateful for. I feel so strongly about this that I created my 30-day guide to gratitude journal. I challenge you for the year 2021, grab a copy of this journal for yourself and everyone in your household, your friends, do it together. Why not embrace gratitude in a whole new way and make 2021 your best year ever? I dare you. Link is in the show notes. We are hanging out with Nikki Bruno today on Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. Nikki is the creator and the host of the Epic Comeback podcast. And her mission is to help you reclaim your power and find joy faster during and after a crisis. She helps you discover or rediscover the rock star you've always been. Her commitment to you is that she will believe in you 200%. She will cheer you on. She will catalyze your transformation. She will provide concrete, specific, effective tools and resources that motivate and inspire you throughout your journey together. She will tactfully call you out and hold you accountable to the commitments you make to yourself. And she will call upon you to use not just your brain, but also your heart and your gut. She will commit herself to your success as you define it. Nikki is a living example of the epic comeback. Have your notebooks, have your pens. This is Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. You know I'm bringing you the gold. Nikki, let's hear it. Nikki, welcome to Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. Thank you, Carrie V. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I don't think as excited as I am to have you here. I've been looking forward to this. You are a delightful, wonderful, amazing, amazing woman. A superhero, oh for sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and likewise, it, ta- it takes one to know one. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so we want to know all about Nikki and what is on your heart today. We've all got our coffee, tea, water. We've got our, we've got our drink ready. We've got our notebooks ready. So lay it, on, lay it on us. I am ready to lay it on. I'm so all excited right. about this conversation, Carrie. 
I love the concept of we're, we've got a hot drink in our hand and that's, that's what we're here to do. And what I have in my heart right now is I have the holiday spirit in my heart. That's what I have in my heart right now. And I'm, I'm very fortunate because I have a five-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son to share the holidays with. And there is nothing to get you into the holiday spirit, like your own young children. So true. Yes. So (laughs) true. (laughs) The way their eyes light up when they see the tree light up and yeah, nothing like it. Oh, it's incredible. We got together. I got together a couple of weeks ago with my kids and I said, with a notebook. And I said, guys, what's our holiday going to look like this year? What, what, what are you excited about for Christmas? What do you want it to be like? What, what music do you want to listen to? What movies do you want to watch? What, um, and we also talked about what kindness project we were going to do because every year over the winter holidays, my kids and I do some kind of a kindness or service project. And my daughter, my five-year-old daughter says, I want to make ornaments and give them to homeless people. Oh, and I said, I know. And I said, well, then that's what we're going to do, Moxie. That's what we're going to do. Oh my gosh. That's what I have in my heart right now is the holidays. And my kids, I share custody of my kids with my former spouse and they are with me this year for four weeks. We have four weeks together. We're going to be in this like quarantined Christmas bunker And I'm really looking forward to this holiday in a way that I haven't looked forward to Christmas. Yes. In in a while. I I love that. Your quarantined Christmas bunker. And I'm actually thinking that's going to be a Hallmark movie next year. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas in quarantine. Just that that bunker there. I love that word. (laughs) No, it's been such an unusual year. And and just, just... Last night, um, I was on, I was on a show last night and I had this kind of just moment where I decided that I'm going to challenge everyone I know to prioritize fun, laughter, and silliness this, this year. Hanukkah's happening right now. Christmas is coming soon. And one of the things that I've noticed, uh, I'm an empowerment coach. And one of the things that I've noticed with my clients is that when we first start working together, we look at this thing called the wheel of life. Yes. So you're very familiar with it. It has all the main aspects of your life, right? So spirituality and religion is one of them. And then another one of them is your social life. And then another one is your intimate relationships and then your professional life. And then, and then there's this piece of the, the life of the wheel of life called fun and recreation. Almost every (laughs) single one of my clients, when I start working with them, gives themselves a very low number in terms of satisfaction on the fun and recreation wheel. And I am Uh urging people during this holiday season to find a way to laugh because this has been one insert many curse words of a Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything that we can do to smile and laugh and hug and find some, some joy and some meaning in this holiday that I think is what we should do, whatever it is. Like last night I was shopping or a couple nights ago, I was shopping for stocking stuffers for my kids. And I found this mug that has like, it's, um, Oh, what did they call it? I forget. I forgot what they called it. It was a sports mug. Mm -hmm. And it had this little, it had this little 
basketball hoop with a little, you know, like the whole back at basketball hoop that was above the mug so that you could take little marshmallows and you could throw them <laughs> into the basketball. Oh, you're like, thank gosh, <laughs> that play. is brilliant. It's brilliant. It's just little things like that. I want that mug. Just so you know, I'm writing notes, order mug. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like $20 on Amazon. I was like, that's, that's, a little, that's over my budget for a stocking stuffer, but I almost went for it. Just I bet you could that. make one. I bet you could make one. I could. I yeah. Totally, yeah. What I a would. great idea. Yeah. Just to, to find that laughter. And you're, you are so right. I've done the wheel of life myself. I do it with my clients. And that one rates low every single time. We have forgotten how to have fun. We've forgotten how to have fun. And, you know, we know how to have fun if we take a minute to remember. Mm -hmm. But it isn't just that we need to take a minute to remember. It's that we've decided not to prioritize fun. Uh, Yes. Not to make our fun and our joy and our happiness a priority. And what I have found myself saying to people is don't, feel ashamed of making your own happiness and your own fun and your own leisure and recreation a priority. Yeah, exactly. And we, we feel selfish. Mm -hmm. We feel selfish if we make fun a priority, which is so backwards. It's really selfish of of us not to, because we become grumpy and right. And there are so many, there's so many benefits to laughter and silliness fun. Let's see. What did you say? Uh, fun, laughter, and silliness. There's so many health benefits to doing that mm-hmm. and so many detrimental results from not. Yes. So what are, tell, lay that onto us. What, what are some of the benefits of just having fun? I mean, a few weeks ago, I decided in business and in life, I'm just having fun. No more stressing over things, no more stressing over what gets done and what doesn't in a day. It's, it's about having fun in life while you're living life. I agree. And, and that isn't to say that every single moment has to be fun. That's not what exactly. I'm saying. It, I'm not, I am not at all a purveyor of toxic positivity. And believe yes. me, plenty of life coaches are. And it yep. drives me bonkers. <laughs> toxic sure. positivity is this absolute relentless insistence that everything is great and okay and a gift. That is mm-hmm. not true. No. I have heard some, I have heard some, and it's my own industry and I love it. And I have heard a number of influencers, call them coaches, whoever they are, talking about 2020, for example, as being a gift to humanity and being our, you know, this incredible wake up call and and it's beautiful and this and that. And I'm like, okay, 2020, in my view, has not been a gift to humanity. And it is absolutely a beautiful, perfect case of toxic positivity to talk Mm -hmm. about it in that way. Yeah. Tell that to the family of George Floyd, tell that to the families of people that the now hundreds of thousands of families of people who have died of COVID. Yes. Like I lost jobs. I mean, right. Right. Yeah. Or lost jobs or have had to, I mean, parents, let's talk specifically about moms who have been absolutely flattened by 2020 yes. and no childcare. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're, you're educating your five children at home on five different devices. So anyway, that, that is something that's also, that's also on my mind and in my heart. 
But <laughs> but here I am talking about fun and silliness. Yeah. You can you can laugh, you can tell it, you can tell a knock-knock joke anywhere all over the world, it's free, right? Yes. I've traveled in 60 countries and people are joking and hugging and laughing under lots of different circumstances, right? Laughter yes. is free. And so, I mean, the benefits are ridiculous. Like the, the, the positive chemicals that get released in your body, the, I mean, we have been, we in this country worship at the altar of stress and brag <sighs> about how busy we are. Mm-hmm. We may be complaining, but we're actually kind of bragging. Yeah. And that really has got to stop. That really oh, has got to stop. Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, so I was just thinking when you were saying that, no, 2020 has been ridiculously hard. It's not that there haven't been moments that we've had fun or laughed, but that sure. doesn't negate the fact that it's been freaking hard. Everything changed. 2020 Everything. is a piece of crap. Yeah, 2020 it is. is a piece of crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm happy for you if you think it's a, I'm happy for you if you truly genuinely think that it is a gift to humanity. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I will I don't begrudge anyone their happiness. And yeah. if there are and if there are folks who have had a great year, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. absolutely awesome. I yeah. personally have not had a great year. And just because I'm a life coach, that doesn't mean that I have to say that it's been an awesome year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not been, it's not been the best year I've ever had. And I what I was thinking when you were saying that. So when when we lost my dad um a few years ago. At his funeral, I can remember, and he was a musician, and so we actually had a band play during his funeral, and it was beautiful, and people commented on it, and we talked about my dad, and we laughed, and we remembered the memories. He was an amazing, amazing, amazing person, my best friend, but that doesn't mean that that was a fun time. Right. It just means we found moments of joy and fun within that hard time, but it would be totally a lie for me to say, oh, his funeral was so fun. No, it was not. We laughed. We found some funny times in remembrance, but that didn't make the day fun. And I think people need to understand that there's that, there is that, um, that difference there. Uh, Yes, absolutely. And I'm a huge fan of the concept of both and. Yes. Or all, all five and six and. We as humans, I believe, are very lucky and fortunate to have the capacity to hold multiple emotions, multiple experiences, and absolute paradoxes simultaneously. And that's part of being alive. Yeah. So there's no reason to conclude that everything is great or everything is crap, even though here I am saying 2020 is crap. (laughs) It's all of those things. Yeah. It's all of those things. At any given moment, it's all of those things. Yeah. And it's this concept on which I have based my profession and my way of life and my coaching and my philosophy, really, yeah. is that what I do is I'm an empowerment and divorce coach. And I help people to stage epic comebacks in their lives in the wake of a traumatic, life-shattering experience. Yeah. The majority of my clients are folks emerging from divorce, but I also work with people who have gone through an illness such as cancer, 
or an infertility journey or some kind of loss, such as loss of a loved one. Basically, my clients are people who have gone through one to three years of complete and utter hell. In my case, it was a high conflict divorce. But what I, my whole method, methodology, and like I said, my philosophy rests on the concept that there is treasure in trauma. Yes. Treasure in trauma. And positive psychologists call this phenomenon post-traumatic growth. So we've all heard of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. That is one of the things that happens to people who go through trauma. And by the way, not just to veterans of wars, not just to people who have experienced a terrorist attack, not just to people who've gone through something that is just so completely, utterly, obviously traumatic, but also people who, who are victims and survivors of abuse, also people who have witnessed something that may not be considered to be extraordinarily dramatic, but is traumatic for them. Yes. So we've all heard of PTSD. Most of us have, Mm -hmm. but PTG is the concept of post-traumatic growth. And it is the idea and the reality that trauma can be the very source and the very springboard for immense deep personal transformation and growth. Yeah. It can be the source for incredible and deep feelings of joy and connection and conviction to rebuild your life in a really powerful way. Yeah. To be able to hold both trauma and treasure, what you've learned, the warrior energy that you've gained, to be able to hold both of those things and to use them together to create a new life for yourself, a new outlook, a new mindset, a new business, a new book that you publish, yeah. a new path that you forge for yourself, a new project, a new and incredible sacred relationship with yourself. These are things that are born out of trauma. And if we yes. are open to receiving those and to, and to harnessing them, yeah. there is absolutely no end to what we can do. So how, when you're working with a client, then they've been through this trauma, they come to you and you are working with them for this post-traumatic growth, which I love. I've never heard that phrase before, but it is definitely going to be in my vocabulary from this point forward. I love it. Yeah, it I because, do too. And it is not mine. I want to be completely clear that I did not make <laughs> up that term. It is, it is, it comes from positive psychology. Well, I love it. Um, it's, if looking back over my own life, I can see that. And it's something that in my own journey and my personal development and working with coaches, it's something that has been my life. And I can look back and see areas of growth from the trauma I've been through. Mm -hmm. But let's say a client comes to you and they're going through this trauma. How do you work with them then to, to embrace this idea and to accomplish this, help them accomplish this in their lives? What what are some of the steps? I know obviously there's a lot and everybody's different, but in general. So the way that I work with my clients is um, I have created a methodology. This is is the, the spine of my business. This is the intellectual property that I offer to my clients and that I offer to the world because I make my intellectual property public. I don't hold it close to my chest. Uh (laughs) Um, And so the epic 
what I do with my clients is my core coaching program is called the Epic Comeback. Mm-hmm. And again, it's for individuals who are emerging from some kind of trauma, some kind of life-shattering experience that has brought them to their knees. And I want to make very, very clear that I am not a licensed mental health professional. And so yeah. all of my clients so far in my practice, and I have, um, I've, uh, I've been doing this program for two years, all of my clients so far have either worked with a therapist at the same time that they're working with me, mm-hmm. or they've been working with a the therapist and they've reached a point of healing, let's call it healing, recovery, where they're ready to start rebuilding. So yes. that is what that is what kind of I don't want to say what what influences people is to work with me is they need to be ready, right? When we mm-hmm. go through trauma, when we go through something really difficult, it's so important to um, to work with the therapist, uh, work with or, or whoever whoever you're is helping you heal to go through a period of healing before you're ready to kind of forge ahead and and yes. stage your epic comeback, right? So I just I want to make that. very, very yes. clear that I am not explicitly helping or treating my clients to heal from their trauma. Yes. People who work with me definitely go through, definitely make progress in their healing, but mm-hmm. it's not because that's my explicit role. My explicit role is to help people rebuild, to help people take action, to help people move ahead. I and love so that. I wanted to, I wanted to say that up front, but the epic comeback journey is is a methodology that I created by studying literally hundreds, and I'm still studying them, literally hundreds of case studies of people and organizations that have made epic comebacks. Okay. So, so that is the research that I've put in as well as my own comeback, right? Because it was when I was beginning to stage my epic comeback that I decided to, to that my coaching practice was going to be life coaching as opposed to leadership and executive coaching, which mm-hmm. was my initial it was my initial goal. It's why I went to coaching school to become a leadership coach. But I went to coaching school the same year that my marriage fell apart. And you know what life does, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Life is really, really weird. So anyway, to get to the epic comeback journey, it's a 10 step process. No two people follow it exactly the same way, but it's a framework. And again, it's a framework that's based on real life comebacks. So it's got really, it's, it's got really rigorous qualitative research behind it. And, uh, it, and it's also a process I went through and that my clients have gone through. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's 10 steps. This, the first step is, is hell. It's called hell. <laughs> um, and this is actually before the epic comeback begins, right? Because if you're going to make a comeback, there needs to, you need to, there needs to be a low period, right? Yes. All that hell. It's just the fastest yeah. way. It's the fast way to, <laughs> to, to name it. And then number two is the healing. That's what, that's what I was talking about before. Now the healing process, the healing and the grieving process, they're not going to just happen and then be over. Right. Right. So healing is something that takes, can take a long time and yeah. that, and that means something different to you at different moments in your life. Like if you've Mm -hmm. lost a parent, for example, you're not going to just heal from that in six months and then have the grieving process be totally over. And I'm aware of that. But before an epic comeback begins, usually people go through a a period of time where you're kind of, you know, you're, you're in this kind of haze, right? You're you're sort of post-trauma. You're in this place where you need to just chill for a while. You need to, Mm -hmm. you need to reflect. You need to go for a lot of walks, <laughs> you know, you need to, 
like for me, I took about nine months after, after I moved out of my marital home to, I took about nine months to kind of suck my thumb uh-huh. and be as, have just as normal a life as possible. Make sure I was on my feet, make sure my young children were on their feet. All I wanted to do is just take my kids to school, do my work, come home, have dinner and really lead a very mundane life. I was not mm-hmm. in the epic comeback zone yet. <laughs> yep. Well, that's number two is like, you're doing some healing. Yes. Number three is really the beginning of the epic comeback journey. And that's called, I call it the turning point. Okay. The turning point is when you might not know the turning point when it happens. I happened to know mine because I literally looked in the mirror and I said, Bruno, this isn't funny anymore. Mm-hmm. That was my turning point. It's the moment when you, you decide or you realize or you know just somehow that something has to change and, and you are going to, you're going to get your mojo back. Yes. You're going to get yourself back and you're not going to be a victim anymore to what has happened Mm. to whatever crisis has happened, whether it's divorce, whether it's a a death in the family, um, infertility, it could be, it could even be, um, I had, I've, I had one client who was, having uh, suffering a lot because of empty nest syndrome, her last kid Uh flew the coop and she was feeling totally purposeless, depressed in a really, really rough state. Uh That's a huge change. And it's a, it's a backbreaking change for many parents. Um, So the turning point is when your epic comeback journey really, truly begins. Yeah. And then after that, there's a period, uh, this is step four in my methodology called reckoning. Reckoning is an assessment. It's when you sit down with yourself and you say, all right, what, what's happened here? Where am I? Where am I and who am I right now? What have I lost? What have I gained? And in this, during the reckoning phase, it's, it's really, really important to tell the complete brutal truth. Mm -hmm. Really, really sit down with yourself and figure out what What's stacked against me? What do I have in my favor? What have I lost? Like I said, it's an assessment. Yeah. And then after the after that is step five. I call it clearing. And clearing yeah. is about getting rid of everything you don't need. Mm-hmm. You're getting rid of. I mean, particularly in the case of a divorce, you are getting rid of possessions. It is so so common for folks who are going through and beyond divorce to Marie Kondo their home to have a bonfire, to, to get rid of <laughs> possessions that have extreme emotional content yeah, and to create a new physical environment around yourself. That can be very, very important for a lot of people. Yes. And it's also about getting rid of any toxic relationships. It's about getting rid of fear. There's a lot of fear. Yes, needs to be grappled with in order to make an epic comeback. If you're going to just survive, if you're just going to just move on from something that you've gone through, you can hold on to that fear. But if you're going to make an epic comeback and you're really going to kick some booty in your life, (laughs) you have to face the fear. You have to. Um, So that's clearing. And then I'm going through this quickly because. Yeah. (laughs) And then so step six is the epic vision. So I always, I always help my clients to create an epic vision. What does your epic comeback look like? I love say, it. And I'll say to them, let's say that we've worked together for six months or we've worked together for a year. 
What does it look like for you at that moment when you are when you are thrilled beyond words with the progress that you've made and the place that you've landed, what does that look like? What does it smell like? Who are you spending your time with? Where are you? What does your professional life look like? What does your intimate, what do your intimate, intimate relationships look like? Who are you spending time with? So that's the epic vision. And then after that, it's, it's about making a plan to reach that vision and then implementing that plan by taking action and then also troubleshooting because when we're making an epic comeback, <laughs> I don't want to say that obstacles always come up because don't assume that it's going to be hard. Yeah. But obstacles tend to come up, external right. obstacles as well as internal obstacles. So mm-hmm. there's troubleshooting involved. And I'm there every step of the way with my clients if they work with me long enough <laughs> to, <laughs> to be right to be implementing the plan. Yes. And then the last, the last step, step 10, is called the epic launch. And that's <sighs> To me, that's the funnest part because yes. what my clients are doing is they're, they have created some kind of, it could be a private ritual in your home. Again, everyone's epic comeback looks different and everyone's mm-hmm. launch looks different. So it could literally be a book launch or a launch of a business or launch of some kind of, um, some kind of volunteer project or, or, or an art showing or something like that. Yeah. But it also could be a private ritual that you have in your home that is for you a way of privately marking, I'm back to myself. I'm back. Yeah. I've, I've made my epic comeback and here I am. Oh, this is all so, so beautiful. And you, you mentioned um, planning, implementing, troubleshooting if they, if they stay that long. So yeah. in your overall, in your, in your practice and when you're working with people, what is like the sweet spot of how, how long this takes? And I know everyone's different, but yes, yes. Right. But, but we can't just hire a coach and say, okay, four weeks later, you're like, oh yeah, well that didn't work. It just takes longer. Right. So what is in your opinion, what is that sweet spot? The ideal amount of time for somebody to work with me is six months Yeah, to a year. I, I, and it would be a year would be great as long as the fit is really good. As long as uh-huh. we've got a great groove, as long as the partnership, because coaching is a partnership. Yes. As long as the partnership is really healthy, then it could be longer, but ideally six months. It, t- it does take some time to stage an epic comeback. Sure. It can happen. It can happen quickly. And the point behind a coach, what I tell people is a coach is an accelerator. Yes. Can you, can you make an up an epic comeback in your life on your own without a coach, without a life coach? Yes, you can. But do you want your comeback to take five years or do you want it to happen in a year? Or do you want, and this is what I say to people working with a business coach, do you want to double the profit in your business over 10 years? Or do you want to double the pro- the profit in your business in six months? Yeah. A really good coach is an accelerator. It's someone who helps you who is an expert in helping you get to where you want to go completely and quickly. Yes. And that really is, is the difference maker. That's why investing in a really good coach is worth it. Yes. I, I love that you brought, I love that you brought all that up because it's something people, I get asked all the time, well, why do I need a coach? You don't, or, you right. don't need one, right? but you do. If you want to kick some Royal epic ass in your life. Exactly. You don't need ever need to have a coach. No, no, but you want one. 
you want one. Right. right. You do. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could say the same, you could say the same thing about therapy, but yeah. people have more of an understanding of the, the need for therapy, especially because therapists are qualified to help treat mental health conditions and disorders right. like, you know, depression and anxiety and all those other things. Yes. So, and, and I, I would definitely argue that for everyone to have a therapist, a good yes. therapist. I really, truly would. I am a poster girl for therapy. And I, myself, I have a therapist now. She's incredible. And I've had, I've been in therapy on and off in good times and in bad mm-hmm. for at this point, 17 years. Yeah. Yes. I, I totally, totally agree with you. Everything you just said is just so beautiful. I love everything about it. And <laughs> yeah. So the, the acceleration thing, it's, it, that's why, so I have a brand new program. It's called get over your divorce before your divorce is over. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Tell us. And it's because I want to accelerate people's bouncing back from divorce. Yes. I went through a three-year-long high-conflict divorce. Wow. I get how hard it is. It is backbreakingly hard. There were times during those three years when I certainly didn't know how I was going to get to the other side. And there were moments when I didn't know if I was going to get to the other side. It is hard. Yeah. It is traumatic. However, however, it's not only possible to get over divorce, to get over an awful divorce. It is more than possible. People do it every year. People do it every yeah. day. And, it's, and, and think of the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. When you are going through divorce or, and or emerging from it, you have two choices. Number one, get over it. Number two, don't. We've all met people who go through trauma and they don't get over it. Yes. Yeah. That is not a fun alternative. We've no. all met people who went through something hard who never got over it and who are still kvetching about it 30 years later. Yes. And so you the question could is, do you want to be that person? Do you want your children yeah. to have a parent who is that person? No. No, I mean I will answer that question. That is not what you want in your life. Those are the people that when you sit down, it's the same story every time and you could say it with them because they've said it so many times that you could say it verbatim with them. No, yeah. that is not that is not what you want in your life. I don't know. I mean, maybe some people actually really want it (laughs) because misery loves company or because they're drama magnets or because I I don't know what. Yeah. I am convinced that there are some people who actually don't really truly want to be happy. And that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, at the very beginning of this conversation, which is like, they don't prioritize their own happiness. Yes. And that has to do with self-esteem. That has to do with, could, could very well have to do with a family of origin could yeah. have to do with mental health issues. And so I don't, I don't mean to say this to be judgmental. I'm not saying you're a bad person if you go through trauma and you don't get over it. I am not saying that. It yeah. is hard and I would never, I would never. It's not about judging. It's about what do you want in this life? And if mm-hmm. you believe that you only get one life, even more so, what do you want in this life? What do you yeah. want for your children? And I, for one, am very much against people who go through divorce and end up defining themselves, allowing the divorce to define them. Yes. It could be any trauma. You could allow your illness to define you. You could allow the loss of your sister to define you. 
when it comes to divorce, it's you hear it in the language people use. I came from a broken family. I'm my child is now a child of divorce. Oh my gosh. What does that mean? This is a calamity. I'm a divorcee. Like I don't want people to be defined by their divorce. I want them to go through the divorce process and I want them to then get over it. Yes. It doesn't matter what I want, right? (laughs) It matters whether my clients agree with me. Exactly. But there's this world, this, this country, let's just start with this country and this world. Yes. But this country will be a much better, better place and peaceful place for generations to come. Again, think about children. Yeah. If people truly and completely and quickly get over their divorce. Yes. Oh, I will make absolutely sure the link to that is in the show notes because right. This is this is powerful. When you sent me the link a couple of days ago and I looked at it, I was like, everyone needs this. Anyone who has gone through this needs this, needs this in their lives. So we have we have this link. So where else can we find you? The best place to find me, two best places to find me at this point would be mm-hmm. my website, okay. which is theepiccomeback.com. And I'm also really active on LinkedIn. So okay. if you search for Nikki Bruno on LinkedIn, and I also am on Instagram at okay. the Epic Comeback. Okay. Lots of places, but my yes. website is a really good place to start. Okay. Because you can schedule a complimentary consultation oh, with me. Awesome. And, um, you can learn more about my, my now two programs. You can check out my credentials. Um, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a serious, I'm a serious contender. I'm not just any, <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm saying it in that way, but I, I like to communicate to people that I'm very serious about what I do. Yes. Um, I'm very proud of my education. For example, I'm proud mm-hmm. that I went through a, a coaching certification program. I'm proud that I graduated from Princeton Harvard and Harvard. I'm proud yeah. that I bring a lot of intellectual mojo <laughs> to, <laughs> to my work. And, and, but what, what I didn't learn in school is what I have that's more important, which is extreme compassion, empathy, and belief in my yes. clients. I believe in my clients 3000%. I believe in my clients. Usually when, when we start a coaching engagement together, my clients are like, wow, you believe in me more than I even believe in myself. Yes. That's my job. That's yeah. my job. It is my job to believe in you more than you even believe in yourself until yes. your level of belief meets and then exceeds mine. Yes. I will have done my job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. It's something I tell my clients all the time too. Mm-hmm. I, I will believe in you until you believe in yourself. And then I'm going to still believe in you because I am your biggest fan. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. And the, the concept that somebody wouldn't try to work with a coach, the concept that somebody wouldn't hire a person yeah. and spend sacred money on having a champion partner, holder accountable yeah. Um, person who takes your goals just as seriously as you do and takes your dreams just as seriously as you do, if not, maybe even more. Yeah. The idea of not investing in that to me is like, well, darn. Yeah. Me <laughs> you too. You know, it's an investment in yourself. Yeah. 
Yes. And I, if I go back a few years, I can crawl into their minds and understand. But now that I have been investing in myself for a number of years and coaches, business coaches and life coaches and money coaches, money mindset coaches, all, you know, so many things now I so get it. And it's every time I invest in myself, the results are exponential. Always, 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 always. So, okay. The question of the podcast, your version of your pow pow shoes. What is it that you put on that makes Nikki feel like I got the world by the tail? (laughs) I totally love this. It's a plastic biking helmet. (laughs) I've never gotten that answer before. (laughs) I wish that I had it with me. It's in another room right now, but I have like, I have two children who are, who are remote schooling in two different areas of my house right now, which is why I'm in a bunker in my kid's bedroom. It's a plastic (laughs) biking helmet. When my son was an infant, my, my then husband and I went on Amazon because we wanted to get like some kind of silly hat to put on him. So we found this Viking helmet, but it ended up being way, way too big for him. Like I can literally put this thing on my head. So (laughs) I put on the Viking helmet when I want to feel like a total rock star. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm probably going to need a picture of you in that helmet when we release the podcast. (laughs) I would be happy to provide. I have a few of them. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to need that. And a journal prompt. We always end with a journal prompt. I believe strongly in the power of writing your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your gratitude. So if you would leave us with a journal prompt. Carrie, first of all, I love that this is part of your podcast. And I agree with you so much. I've been writing in a journal since before I literally, before I could write words. Yes, I would draw the same, I would draw the same horse over and over and over and over. (laughs) Yep. I love that you do this. So the writing prompt, the journal prompt that I would like to leave you with is what is a truth that I need to hear right now? That's beautiful. I'm just jotting it down. What is a truth that I need to hear right now? I am going to encourage everyone to journal this and then share it either with Nikki directly go to her website, leave it. I'm sure there's a way to contact you there and, or tag us on social media, but I'm, my mind is already thinking, Oh, what is the truth I need to hear right now? Sometimes it's as simple as you matter. You matter. Your dreams matter. Yeah. It's a beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's my pleasure. Ah, thanks. And thank you for hanging out with us today on Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. I already know we're going to have you back because there's so many more things that I want to talk about. It's like, how did this time go so fast? I don't know. <laughs> it would be my pleasure, Carrie. I have so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Thank you. We will see you soon. Hey, thanks for listening in. I want you to know I do not take it for granted that you give me this time to have coffee and tea together with me. But before you go, it would mean the world to me if you grab a quick coffee or tea refill and pop into the podcast reviews and leave me a review. It's how this podcast grows. It's how it reaches and empowers more women. And it's how I know how to serve you best. I want this podcast to be what you need. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share it with your friends. And follow me on Instagram at I am Carrie V. Remember, it is never too late. Peace out, girlfriend. Pow.
跑跑。